0: everybody hope you are healthy and happy the person who would always enlighten us with his wisdom and sage words he is none other than Mr. Rashang Shah a Mumbai based lad who is pursuing his academics from ILS Pune an aspiring lawyer and a massive travel geek a benevolent personality who is genius when it comes to decoding one's psychology an altruistic human that every person wishes to have in their lives. I am highly delighted to have him. Please welcome Mr. Dushank on board. Hello, sir.
1: Hi, Karnika. How are you? I'm
0: fine. How are you?
1: Yes, I'm fine too.
0: So, are you ready for your first question?
1: yeah sure. Please go ahead.
0: Okay, so here goes your first question. What is the status of the Indian youth in law today?
1: Okay, so basically, the status of Indian youth in law today is not something that is worth answering, but however I would like to change your question a little bit to uh, what is the status of law in the minds of Indian youth today? So I feel that today's youth is much more aware about the situations and you know the circumstances that their country is in at present thanks to mm-hmm. social media and many different sources of media that they have that produce them uh, provide them with information now see the thing is that uh, there might be fake news and there might be things called you know anti social or perhaps some information that might not be accurate as such but disregarding all of those other facts we cannot you know let go of the fact that uh, the indian youth of today is more aware than any past generation all mm-hmm. because of internet so yes i feel that because of that the indian youth today also has a greater awareness about law in general for example we had the decriminalization of section 497 Uh, You know, which was talking about adultery. Then after that, section 377, legalizing LGBTQ communities. So you see that many such uh, situations have come about that have made us into a more progressive country. And I think that's why the Indian youth of today is more aware about the legal situations in India than before.
0: Hence, social media is helping youth to know about law.
1: Basically. I think so. Yeah, basically. Now, see, I'm not talking about people's interest. Of course, I'm not saying that there is a huge, massive sport of interest in the Indian youth for law. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that in general knowledge too, there are a lot of things that uh, that are being talked about that weren't being talked about before. True. Many such issues are there. Yeah.
0: Okay proceed to the next question. There are a lot of things going inside the country, but still law is liking to deal with it. Do you agree with the statement?
1: I do agree with the statement, but the thing is that I do not blame law for it in general. Okay. I feel that any discipline take it to be economics or perhaps sociology or political science any discipline is bound to change with the contemporary times. So, you see, like, same goes for law. The more law changes, the, after all, law is something that the society makes at large. So, when the society changes, the law is bound to change. And there will always be issues that are, uh, you know, unanswered by law because there will always be some changes. For example, up till i think the bit of 1950s or even before uh, after that um the mindset towards women was pretty much ancient in the sense that they were considered to be properties of men yeah that in fact that is the reason why section 497 was tracked down that section talked about women as properties of men so you see like uh, that that particular section was actually prevalent in the olden times and actually it was relevant but as times changed like you know there was this big wave of feminism in the past five years so because of that we can see that that perception has to be changed and because of that i think that it was the right step to actually decriminalize adultery because you see I, I cannot uh, comment upon whether or not it is moral or immoral, but I do feel that controlling a person's sexual relations is none of the society's business or anyone's business as such. So, yeah, like that is just one of the issues. And there are a lot of issues that still remain unanswered by law. For example we talk about decriminalizing of section 377 which talked about uh, legalizing LGBTQ communities right now yes. the thing is that at present the legal status of, of the LGBTQ community is that they are legal alright but mm. still our law does not actually support same sex marriage they support yes. for livings, but they do not support same sex marriage because it is not specified in law yet so even that is an unanswered issue. So the thing is that there will always be some unanswered issues which will be answered with time. But the thing is by that by the time that these issues are answered, some other issue will pop out that will be unanswered. So you see, like uh, there will always be a change in society, and as the society changes, there will be, there will be a need for a change in law. So
0: yeah. But. Uh... Okay, so there are a lot of pending cases, right? And basically, some of them which are really yes. hyped up are rape cases, where a girls right. and even the victim says, and it's true, I am with them, that rapists don't get the punishment which they deserve. What do you think about it? Do you right. think that law is lacking there? or or what are your ideologies for
1: this basically basically you talk about of course i'm not a male journalist first of all and i do not think that you know people who are raped uh, they are actually faking it or it was their fault or, i'm not saying any of that mm. rape is one of the most heinous crimes that a person can commit and i swear mm. that these people do not have the right to live of course that is quite extreme but it is just my personal opinion that these mm. people are the most selfish people or not because mm. you see you can murder someone for a personal need you can murder someone to protect someone or perhaps you murdered someone just because they did something bad to you in the past or something that they did to some close one of yours mm. uh, you can rob someone out of revenge you can do any other crime out of revenge but when you actually rape someone it is something selfish you cannot justify using someone like that um, without any justification and there can be no justification for rape i feel that so i cannot comment upon whether or not law is actually appropriate or not Because you see at last without law there will be anarchy. And if this question is left unanswered you know in complete in the complete sense for example like if rapists are just not you know rape cases are just not accepted in uh, courts then they will be like the unanswered issues that you were telling. So at least at this moment some punishment is being given. I'm not saying whether or not it is the appropriate because it is really not my place to say so but what I can really feel about it is that um, rape should be deterred and it should not be you know actually be retributed as such like you can punish uh, a rapist but the main target should be actually to prevent it from happening in the first place I so I feel that the law can the law can work upon that in future and I think it is already working sex education programs and so on
0: okay so here i just want to say something on social media i have studied one post in which there was a guy or i must say there was an uncle who was saying that i have done a rape and i will do again if i get the chance and law will not gonna do anything because it is not doing anything So, if you are thinking that law will help you to not to get raped, then it's your misconception.
1: See, basically, I feel that I'm not talking about monsters as such, the monster that we just mentioned. But basically, when a person rapes, um, most of the times, it is because of some sexual frustration that he's facing in his personal life. See, that is no justification for rape. I'm not justifying rape in any way. Please, no. please note this. But all I'm saying is that rape happens because of a reason. Now, it cannot be justified because it is a person's duty to, you know, control that urge. And if he can't, then when well, he's not suitable to live in this society. That is quite obvious. So the thing is that whatever happens, it happens because of some sexual frustration that he might have in his personal life. Now, the thing is that law cannot prevent all rapes completely. But I think that with the onset of sexual awareness, with the uh, you know spread of awareness about the sexual tendencies of a human being, I think that these rapes can be prevented because then the people will, might, you know, they might uh, try to find pleasure in a different way, other than rape, or, you know, just uh, using a woman, in general. Because, you see, it is not about rape, you see. Um, Even personally, when it comes to sex, it is something that, you know, that is seen by as a way of enjoyment for men but not for women so why is it so because if there are two people involved in it then why should only one enjoy and and the other should not so this is some basic you know sexual awareness that people need that such kind of contacts are meant to be enjoyed by both of the people equally in ways that are consensual and I think that that can be brought about through sexual awareness which the law is working upon I think so yeah it of course it cannot prevent uh, all rape monsters to be uh, sanctified in a way but yes it can work a long way i feel so
0: okay i hope main future rape oh, things get decreased rape cases get decreased and even there i hope main future we get the time where when girls go out they say what what is rape we don't know this word I'm just waiting for that time. And I hope may law help us in that.
1: That is yes, of
0: course. I just want the time where a girl can go at 3 a.m. and she thinks that okay, the guy who is standing there, he's my brother. And he's not gonna rape me, he's gonna protect me if anything wrong happens. But things are not like this today. Things are very different today. And I yes, don't want I don't so want that things thing to so happen yeah you please the thing
1: is that then if that person you just said that you know that person that is change, uh, standing over there he should be your brother and he should not rape you now just tell me one thing then that what has law got to do with that because after all that person is a part of society it is the society that has you know brought him to that level that he thinks that he can do anything with the girl and the girl has to comply just because he has the upper hand of being a boy that is the society's mindset i'm not saying
0: that uh, i'm I'm not saying it's uh, okay only law can help us definitely definitely education needs to be inculcated uh, more in our country we need to make people we make to we need to make people more literate about the things. But what law can do is to make it a huge or I must say a harsh, harsh punishment for the rapist. So that if a person thinks to rape, he he once get that idea, oh God, if I do that, I'll be hung or or anything else bad happen to me. So I, I need not to do that. I need to control.
1: That it. is that is again the power of actually I wouldn't say if whether or not it's in, it, it is an advantage or a disadvantage. That is what actually democracy gives us. Because had this been a dictatorship where you know the person actually ruling us, if we would have been uh, not so liberal and if the dictator ha- would have been radical, then per- he would have set a stricter rape laws. But the thing is that we live in a democracy and we have to remember that. So it is bound for the democracy to always be liberal towards it. With people in a way
0: but so, i don't yes. guess that democracy allow us to be a liberal with the person who don't respect the girls and at the same time with the person who is using the girl just to satisfy his own needs what the how do you hell? then
1: how do you determine then how do you determine whether or not a boy is a boy or a man is a rapist or not
0: Look what I mean so to say. That's you, what I'm saying. You don't have a right to do that thing because exactly. I'm not going against the law. I'm not saying to anything. But I guess there should be something, something in which, like, let's take example of Nirbhaya case. It went for four hmm. years or more than that, more than that, seven four years, years. seven, seven, years. Years. seven yeah, years, seven years. Do you think it needed seven years? Do you just think See, for a while just think for a while don't think as a lawyer just think as a person as a brother of just think that rishank sir your each and everything I
1: feel, is I feel that whatever whatever happened was wrong, and I do agree that uh, it should not have taken that long to decide that case but the thing is that um have you, do you seen the movie, The Big Bull?
0: Have you what? seen... No. Have you seen the things when girls come on the platform with their acid attacks and everything? Law yes, gives I them do. justice one day. But society tortures them every day. Every day they need to suffer and they need to clarify so, themselves. I guess so that that's one what, day, so that's what that it is law can right? give them... That, even that one day law that can
1: give law, them,
0: law. can give them the freedom what to we say tend to
1: forget often. Okay. Okay. Over here I would like to point out that what we tend to forget is that law is a part of society and society is the one that makes laws. All right. Yeah. So the justices that come to um you know to power, the chief justice of India, the judges in the Supreme Court, the benches. So all of those things are a part of society. They represent what the society is on a much greater level. So the thing is that now we have come to realize that women are not properties of men. Women stand at the same or perhaps even at a higher level than men. Because I do agree that women go through a lot. And I'm not being a blind feminist over here i do have proper reasons but that will be a lot of uh, you yeah. know topic to that go to and that's why right. yes
0: definitely so i guess this topic is endless is that, and yes. we should move to the next
1: question
0: and please proceed okay, what, you yes. with, please, please yes. what you were saying with please please what you yes
1: yes i was just going to say that um women are not properties of men and rape has no justification but the thing is that It is, law can only be a little deterrent in the crime of rape. It has to come from the side of the society that they upbring their boys in a certain kind of way that makes them respect women naturally, not because of the fear of law, but because they just do. It should be the natural instinct of boys to do that. Yeah.
0: And I guess that starts with uh with some words which boys and girls use on daily basis. Like it's abusive words, Like They use both girls and boys both uses, and it starts from females. I guess first of all, to my listeners, no matter if you are a girl or a boy, you should stop saying those words because girls you are abusing yourself and boys you are abusing your sisters or the girls in the society the reason is when whatever you say you do the thing and when you are saying these things you are definitely gonna perform it so I guess you need to stop it what do you think
1: well I think I think like um, I mean i don't know how to say this but i think you'll have to specify a little more upon it because the thing is i don't think that just saying a certain thing will make you do those things okay i don't know so, like it has no relation i mean can you okay. give an example
0: okay like we both are psychologists to right if you keep saying one thing again and again and again and again somewhere it you know stuck in your mind and then okay. unknowingly you perform then how that is thing?
1: saying but how is saying that word going to make you do that thing i mean that's what i'm saying see the thing is that i have heard about uh, you know that uh, positivism like uh, yeah. positive affirmations you know you no, i'm not saying, saying that you know, positive
0: i'm not saying yeah. for the word but the thing is when you keep on saying those words they are ne- they are definitely negative words you are abusing yourself or you're abusing the females unknowingly. Both girls and boys both use the words, and they both unknowingly abuse the females. And then you are when you are allowed to abuse them in the society. You're using those words. The society is saying, Oh, what a great man you are. Oh God, she's such a cool girl. No, darling. No, you are not a cool. You're not a great man. You are just you're just using the things and i don't know why you are using those things yeah okay precisely
1: <laughs> okay so, this so was in my this point. case in this case in this case of course i would uh, you know agree that you know saying a certain kind of things would put a certain kind of mindset into your yeah.
0: mind
1: subconsciously yeah. it is not about doing those things it is yeah. about carrying a certain image about that certain situation yeah. or that certain object or concept so what i would say is that um, of course we can stop those you know from spreading but the thing is that how many people are going to stop because the thing is that right now it is so instinctive that anything happens and those words come out in frustration in something else in anger rage
0: yeah that's true but why are we using those words we can use different words or we we can just be like okay okay it's not easy to control your anger or your frustration or the words but we can try to change our personality we can try to see the thing is that
1: the thing is that i feel that these were these words are not the reasons that we carry this mindset. Rather, it is the mindset is the reason why we say those words in the first place. So, we have to understand that. So, but do you know one thing, Dushank?
0: We... Do you know yes. one thing, sir? That uh, that uh, when you know, like your elders use that word, you catch from there or basically from the school or college we catch mm-hmm. those words from yeah. there most of the mm-hmm. time because no one uses uh, these words, least in our family least in mm-hmm. our family no one uses right. these words so and you definitely once you say these words in front of, in, sorry in college your friends will be like oh what a stud what a dude, yaar. he's so great, You know, he's so cool he's a stud like this treat you like this. But when you say these words in front of any elder people, I guess at that time, least they should stop them. Least. And they should say them, no, no, this is wrong. And definitely children say these words unknowingly in front of their parents or unknowingly in front of their relatives or unknowingly in front of elder uh, siblings. So I guess this is their responsibility as well to stop them there. And definitely, Children to definitely have this responsibility to not use these phones in front of anyone, no matter it's an elder person or a younger person or the same age person. You should know.
1: I think I think the problem over here is that you know it is not about uh, parents wanting to stop their children. The problem comes that most parents don't realize that this can be a problem in the future. Yeah. You see, most people focus upon the big picture, but they let go of the little things that make up the big picture. Yeah, you know, most of us uh, praise the Mona Lisa, but we do not praise actually the brush strokes that have actually created that Mona Lisa. You see, it is quite obvious. So the thing is that parents do not realize about these kind of things. So when parents themselves realize that their actions are going to shape their children's future in a certain kind of way. Perhaps then their actions might get changed. But as long as that does not happen, it is very hard to change the society. All of the, all of this goes into ideals. And this, it is a prescriptive kind of work society. But it cannot apply. It cannot be applied in real life. And sure. yeah, that's the truth.
0: Definitely
1: definitely
0: and i guess we should proceed to the next question (laughs) please carry on no please i was just
1: saying i was just gonna say that yeah i do hope that you know karnika your show actually makes people (laughs) aware about these kind of issues
0: oh my god thank you so much may i help society to change a little bit in a good way not in a bad way yep and let's proceed to the next question because this topic is endless and for this topic, we'll definitely gone, gonna make another podcast whenever chance will have time.
1: No, sure, sure. I'm all <laughs> free.
0: Oh At my least God. for this kind of work. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, proceed to the next question. Do you think that somewhere politics is coming in the law?
1: I... I cannot exactly disagree or agree with this statement. The thing is that I feel that uh, politics has the power right now perhaps to manipulate law. Because okay. uh, in recent, in fact even right now there is a certain case going on which might or might not be politically manipulated. And you see the case where it is going on, I am from that city itself, I am from Mumbai. so. <laughs> So you see like uh, I feel that law itself is not getting politicized. However, uh, the legal processes that are happening, you know, I think they are getting politicized a little bit. Legal processes in the sense that not the judges or uh, the legal fraternity in itself, but you see, the legal processes include a lot many people other than the judges and the lawyers for example, the clerks, the other legal systems, the law enforcement agencies, and I think all of these are getting manipulated in some way by the rich and the powerful. So, yeah, I do feel about that.
0: Okay. So, do you think that still law is away from politics? Not the law process, but the law. I think
1: that law and politics... uh, I think that law politics has a way of creeping into everything so yes I, i do not have any evidence to prove that so that's why i cannot comment upon it but i think that somewhere perhaps there is there might be some algae of politics that might be creeping into law there might be i cannot prove it prove it and that's why i cannot comment upon it okay yeah definitely
0: We proceed to the next question. How can a person deal with conflicting situation according to you, as you are one of the very nice psychology decoder I know till now?
1: Okay, so um, about conflicting situations, this is perhaps something that I do not need to answer. Because you see, every person has a certain kind of way of dealing with conflicts. Now, Mm -hmm. I I imagine a person, uh, a world of choices and I do not see many choices. You see, you know, many people say that, yes, uh, when you have to choose a career, there is a lot to do from. There, is, uh, there are a lot of options, there are a lot of choices. I believe that there are only two options. One option is the one that you want to do yourself. You have the ambition to do so and you have the motivation to uh, pursue that a certain form of career and the second option includes every other option that you have because you see if there are many choices then you are bound to get confused but Mm -hmm. but when it comes to comes down to two choices you have to choose the choice that is closest to your heart i feel well that is just in the form of you know career or something like that however in other kinds of conflicting situations, I feel that um, a person should have a calm mind to do so. Now, um, another way of explaining can be like this: suppose uh, there are two choices, A and B. Um, out of these choices, these choices, there is a possibility that um, one of them might be wrong, both of them might be wrong. And both of them might be right now the most important question that comes into mind is that people of often lose their objectivity when making such decisions so when it is seen that both of the uh, things are wrong i think that the people should go for the thing that is less wrong than the other of course that is quite obvious when it comes about choosing the right option when both are right then ethically a person should choose the uh, option that is more right than the other like i cannot exemplify exemplify it uh, exactly but yes you can you, it is the ethical thing, thing to do however in such a case where both the options are equally right where both of them do not actually damage anyone else in that kind of a way there the person has the liberty to choose any option that he wants however where the person where the choice comes in between right and wrong the person has to make the decision to choose the right option because you see over there um the wrong option might be tempting it might tell you to do things that you you know might want to do even but you have to think about the consequences in the long run now Another aspect of this comes where you might ask that how do you know what option is right and what option is wrong? Yeah,
0: I was about so, to ask that.
1: So, in such a case, I feel that um, you have to quieten down completely and you have to listen to your cut. So you see, many different people will say many different things to you. But at the end, it is not even me who says this but it is your own gut that will tell you what is right and what is wrong and you have to follow that no matter what because that will be the most honest decision that you can make True. now see you see like um, in this modern world no person actually has the liberty or the time to slow down but i think that slowing down is one of the greatest things that you can do when making such decisions. And there's something that I think every person should incorporate. I'm, yes, I'm not being some kind of scene to anything. I'm just saying this as a practical person. And as this has worked for me, I think it might work for others too. Yes. Wow.
0: Wow. Very <laughs> really nice. Okay. We'll proceed to the next one. Okay, we'll proceed to the ni- next question. How can you say that today's youth is more inclined towards hypocrisy?
1: Okay, so first of all, hypocrisy, it is a very bad concept, I feel. And I think that everyone is a hypocrite at heart. You see, mm-hmm. we all are hypocrites to a different degree. For example, a smoking father telling his son, and son you should not smoke it will damage your lungs it is the greatest kind and the worst kind of hypocrisy and perhaps mm-hmm. that is what most of our parents have done you know they mm-hmm. say that Humne to galti kal- kal beta, but tum mat karna so that is some of the greatest form of hypocrisy that we see in our indian society right now but the thing is that the indian youth You see, this kind of hypocrisy is quite obvious because we actually see it. But what about the other kind of hypocrisies that are not this obvious? For example, the issue of LGBTQ community. Now, you see, you were talking about uh, those bad words which were used for girls, you know, sometime back in this podcast so yeah
0: definitely
1: these words yeah so these words also include i think some words that are related to the lgbtq community so i think that these words also ought to be done away with the same way that the words that are related to girls ought to be done away with so the thing is that what we do not realize is that We often say that, yeah, you know, our generation is the most accepting generation that has ever come in existence. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we are also the same generation who treats people differently on the basis of the looks, on the basis of the color. So, this is, I think, the greatest form of hypocrisy that we see in the youth today and this is mm-hmm. not just true about indian youth in any way it is about the youth all over the world true you see we we talk about self-awareness we mm-hmm. see we talk we there is a new trend on actually instagram about manifestation when we do not even know what the true meaning of manifestation is yeah so so you see like you know without even knowing the words we make it a trend and we just give any random thing a name and we just start calling it that i think even that is a kind of a you know hypocrisy so yeah i do feel that we are hypocrites to a great extent
0: true yeah i mean yes youths are not we are but the youths are i will say (laughs) okay we'll proceed to the next question do you think that society is the main cause for depression or anxiety which today's generation is facing?
1: Society? I don't think that society is the immediate cause for anything. But indirectly it is the cause for everything bad that happens. Also the good part, but yes, even mostly the bad, bad parts that do happen in society is because of society. It is because of Uh, you see when we talk about society I imagine a living organism I almost imagine it as a human being a whole human being which takes on some certain actions and the consequences of those actions are bared by that same individual or that same society so in the same way uh, whatever society does whatever practice a society has all of them are because of a reason but The thing is that what we do not learn is that we have to let go of those practices when those reasons do not exist anymore. For example, the practice of sati. So you see, um, sati happened uh, to ensure that the wives of the um, overthrown ruler, they remain safe, like Mm -hmm. their modesty remains safe. There the were many more practices like the, the rituals that actually overthrew the rivers. I'm saying there was yes, a
0: johar, johar. Is
1: actually, johar. johar is actually is actually a practice of Sati itself. You know, because over there when the king died, it yeah. was only then that the queens were told to walk into the fire yeah. So you see, so you see like these practices were actually quite relevant back then because you see uh, queens have a certain dignity and i'm not saying that queens are you know more important than the general ladies but it is just that the post that they held it was more prestigious so when the person holding that post was actually insulted the whole post is insulted so it is quite obvious that johar was the obvious thing to do away with so that the dignity of that whole kingdom could be could remain intact even though even though the kingdom was overthrown the dignity was still intact it was a great part of society but the thing is that the practice of sati that was actually you know deciphered from this particular practice of johar so I don't think that it needed to go on for so long. But the thing is that it happens in many societies. It even happens it happens in some you know like uh, in some developed nations too there are some practices which were needed back then but they are not needed right now. And they still tend to go on. So on the same level we are kind of a developing country and we are not quite behind on such kind of practices. And uh And as much as it might hurt the listeners, and yes, but I'm just being honest about this that we do need to go a long way in developing our culture in a better way.
0: True. And when we. I
1: belong from this. Yes.
0: And when we develop our culture, then only we can develop ourselves in a better way. Exactly. Right, sir?
1: Exactly. Yes, I do agree with this. So. That's what I actually was saying that you know, uh, developing this culture is it is important to form a modern society, a utopian yeah. society. I would say. Yeah. So, to answer your question, whether or not society is the source of stress among the Indian youth, I believe that the society is, of course, it is the indirect cause of everything bad that happens. But the thing is that the stress that the Indian youth take today, I think it is because of the stress that they put upon themselves. For example, you know, like. But uh,
0: I, I want to say here one thing, even to parents as well, when we get a result of anything, anything. The most popular name is Sharmaji. Look at Sharmaji's sons or look at Sharmaji's daughter. They scored so well. They scored so high. Why aren't you? What uh, was your cause that you couldn't beat Sharmaji's son? Are you lovelies? You are Sorry. already Sharmaji's son. It's okay. If you are not beating Sharmaji's son, then you must be beating ji's son or you must be beating ji's daughter. It's okay to be ourselves. So, I- you,
1: see, you, see, you see that, you know, like, <laughs> of course, you know, of course, the society, like, back then, of course, like, what our parents do not realize is that their parents were the baby boomer generation. I call it, of course, it is of also officially named as the baby boomer generation because it be- uh, began in the year of 1950s. So, 1950s was the end of the world war. it was the beginning of prosperity in a way. Like, you know, uh, there were computers, the countries were settling in economically and also soci- socially. So yes, of course, there were some old practices to be done away with. But on a larger level, it was pretty much a state of utopia for that short period between 1950 to around 1970, I would say. And then again there was a short spate of wars from 1971 to 2000s i would say like there were wars like for example in 1971 there was the one for bangladesh then after that uh, so you know so on so but the thing is that in those 20 years i think that people got relaxed and um, <clears throat> because of lack of uh, i don't know sexual awareness Perhaps our population grew to such a big size, and what our parents don't realize is that they had less competition to face, and that's why perhaps it was a little bit easier for them to beat each other than us. So the thing is that at last I would say that it all depends upon the stress that you take upon yourself. It is your parents' job, and in a way they are also right at you know uh, being concerned for your future. But the thing is that if you have that confidence in yourself, that regardless of your marks, you will do something good in your life, then all is well, I would say. And all you have to do is just keep your one ear open and the other ear closed. So that whatever your parents say, it just goes through your head. But it doesn't affect you much. That's all.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We'll proceed to the next question. What is the role of mental health in students' life, according to you?
1: Okay, so we talk about health in general. So, what does a health actually include? Would you like to answer this? Okay. What according to you is health?
0: What is according to me health? I guess physical and mental fitness. When a person is away from agony, it is good health, according to me.
1: You mean to say a a constant state of happiness is fitness, mental fitness?
0: I will say yes, definitely. A constant state of happiness as well as the state where you can accept the things with total intensity of acceptance. Just to make yourself comfortable in that particular area
1: being comfortable and being happy are two different things first of all
0: in terms of psychology of
1: course of course you will have you must have learned this being comfortable no what i meant
0: wait a minute because you every time you can't be happy with the things that's the reason i elaborated my statement so sometimes you need to accept the things to make it believe that okay this thing has happened to me i was the part of this thing Or I am the part of this thing. We need to, when we accept the things, there we experience positive experience. Otherwise, we always experience negative experience.
1: Okay, so my answer, like your answer, is um, part of the answer. For me, mental health is a state of mind where you feel stress. But you feel only the healthy kind of stress. You see, it is rightly said that a certain certain level of stress uh, gives you productivity. But when you your overshoot stress. that limit, yes. When, you when are you basically saying that, about
0: you stress and distress.
1: No, no, no. No, no, no. Not that way. I have stress, but my stress is very limited. Like I only take upon such level of stress that I can feel. And that actually makes me productive. Okay. I make sure of that. I, of course, of course, there are periods when that limit gets overshot, but I try to maintain that limit. And that limit is different from, for everyone. For example, some people can face that heavy kind of stress for a longer period of time, while some people can uh, might face a lighter uh, period of stress for a much longer period of time. So it is quite different for everyone but what I was saying is that you have to find that limit of stress and you know you have to find that balance between even sadness and happiness you see being mentally healthy does not mean that you have to be happy all the time and neither does it mean that being mentally healthy does not make you feel sadness it only means that you are accepting of every emotion that comes into your mind and that you can bear through it without taking any adverse situation into your own hands. so yeah like you know attempting suicide or perhaps substance abuse
0: yeah actually these are the things actually aspirants of suicide they are like if we don't get like in iit or in need we will suicide and they literally attempt suicide are you darling it's okay if you are not the part of iit or bids or NIP, maybe you have something better than that in your pocket. See and that. This,
1: and this this in a way in a way is the result of society. So Definitely. this was this was also part this Definitely. was also part of your previous question. Yeah. So, yeah. Sharmaji, so the thing is that you know like of course <laughs> so the thing is that it is it is not the society will always have something to stress you out with. It is your choice whether or not you get stressed out by it. Now you see, I'm not saying that you do not get stressed out at all because it will be counterproductive. It won't be productive at all. You have to face some level of stress to get some production going. True. But that limit you have to find for yourself and you have to make sure that you never cross that limit so that you do not get into counterproduction again. That's all yeah definitely and i think that this is the most important part in a student's life because many people because yes there are some people who overwork themselves and there are some people who do not work at all so there has to be a balance because if there is not then the person, people who will overwork, they will get burned out and they might face some kind of frustration as to why they're not progressing forward. And the people who are not working at all, they will be just dead weight to the society. No offense and no offense meant to anyone. But I'm just saying that, you know, if there is no production from those people, then they will be consuming the resources, but they won't be producing someone, something back for the society that's why I think it is a uh, duty for everyone to be productive in some kind of way at least so yeah
0: okay we'll proceed to the second last question for the day share, share your any experience which can motivate the listeners I hope you must be having one of the very nice experiences yes so
1: um, basically well my own personal experience. Okay, so see, the thing is that once there was some my own personal career choice. The thing is that since I was a child, I had always been close to animals. I was I am a I am an avid nature lover. So the thing is that uh, I have been closely pursuing the doomsday clock, which is the conspiracy theory that global warming will end us one day. Okay. So, you see, I like um, ever since I was a child, I have always had great interest for nature. So at first, I was like, yes, I could be a zoologist. When I was okay. just a mere, um, I think, ten years old or perhaps eleven years old, yeah. So from that period onwards, I had always had the aspirations to become a zoologist. That was to study animals what I didn't understand back then was that studying animals also involved you know, dissecting them in a way and uh, you see the thing is that even though you are dissecting them for their own good the idea of cutting of a certain animal was not my cup of tea because for me it was in a way too well, and I know that it is stupid but it was something that I could not do myself so mm. the thing is that after this i came upon the idea that i would be a psychologist and even i had the subject of psychology in my 11th and 12th but yeah. the thing is that after that i was like uh, no psychology is good in itself but the thing is that at the same time psychology is also emotionally draining and i think that i cannot bear with it for a um, too long time so How do you find a profession where you can sustain yourself for a long time? And how do you find a a profession that you actually enjoy? So that's how I came along. Now, the thing is that something that might motivate the listeners in this is that all of this journey from one profession to another was a journey of self-realization. I do accept the fact that I haven't realized my full capabilities up till now and i do realize that i have to work a lot to become a successful man in future but at least up till now i know for one thing that is for sure and that is that it's, uh, you know the, having law as my career was not a bad decision at all because i am i enjoy law and i feel that this kind of also answers many of your previous questions as to uh what society has in store for you or uh, how to handle conflicting situations um then after that how to be more objective because you see law is all about being objective
0: True.
1: and i think that yeah yes this answer in a way which uh, answers all of your past questions that you have asked me over the, over the uh, period of this podcast so yes i do believe that of course uh this journey of self-realization is something that everyone should have not for career per se it can be for anything but yes
0: but i'm sure that one day you are going to be very very successful person i hope so in that day when I come to you, please give me a podcast, sir. You'll be like, what if I don't have time, you need to book the dates. I'm sorry, I'm busy right now. I'm having a case of some big person or some big personality. I, I don't have a time for you.
1: No, 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 no. That will never happen. Such things okay. are always too interesting to keep up.
0: Okay, let's see. Okay in future okay so here goes your last question for the day how did you feel on karnika's buzz
1: okay so karnika's buzz was quite an interesting journey in itself so i got to know about this podcast which is one of perhaps like the thing is that uh i did listen to some of your podcasts like I mean some of it not a whole podcast of course I'm sorry I couldn't find enough time for it but yes uh, I did feel that it was very informative it was very informative and my present experience of being a guest on one of these podcasts was also quite of an honor for me Um, you see like I'm just a student right now and being a guest on a podcast is a very big honor for me I would say other than that, I also feel that you as a person know a lot about the society and that is something that is to be commended. And Thank you. Um, yes, throwing it out to the people out there, you know, projecting out there and letting them know about your personal views and about the personal views of so many guests that we have had over the period of these podcasts. So. I feel that that is commendable because um, different perspectives give you the different perspectives of society perhaps. And it is this that will make us a more accepting society. As you said that, you know, like uh, the society should be more accepting of certain individuals. Yes, definitely. So perhaps this is something that will take us away from our hypocrisy and lead us towards a utopian society.
0: Okay, if if my podcast helps in that, I would be I will be very, very glad. And that they are definitely gonna that day definitely your words will be there in my mind. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us and it was a great, great time to have a conversation with you. I am satisfied with your answer. I hope my public will also be satisfied with your answer. The answers were very relevant to the questions I must say. And